So Steve, how's your uh, how's your anime wife or your computer wife? You get the DLC expansion pack, yeah? Bro, I've got, I got the DLC uh, platinum uh, tuntun. It's uh, <laughs> it's a madness. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. VR, all of it. Yeah, you got the DLC to take her to Ukraine. Yeah, new map unlock. All the maps, all the maps. I've got <laughs> Chernobyl. Chernobyl is my favorite one. Uh, yeah. With my DLC wife, obviously we're enjoying that. Um, we got rid of the Russians though, in in our map. Say, but, say no more. Say yeah, no yeah. more. Yeah. How many? How many ETH did that cost? It cost me a few quests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <nah. laughs> Bro, you, you can make up currency now and then, and it, it could actually exist. Yeah, uh, bullshit coin, you know what I mean? Mm-mm. The VRP coins. We should start that, you know? You get rich. Bro, let's go, I'm man. not even NFT. joking. NFT let's, start, let's do big... VRP NFTs, baby. Come on. That's what I'm saying, bro. It, it's, it needs to be done now, you know what I mean? Like, we've been on this for too long. These guys aren't paying their podcast subscriptions, yeah? All listening for free. It's time. we got to go NFT now. Come on. Get your, get your VRP uh, coins here. You know, link mm-hmm. below. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode Who Gives a Fuck? Uh, Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Steve, and we'll be discussing a range of topics uh, about stuff that's happened this week. So, uh, Steve, first of all, how was your week? You know what? My week was pretty good, actually. In total, it was pretty good, yeah. Um, I went ice skating, didn't fall. That's really nice. And work was smooth, so, you know, you can't really complain after that. What about you, Evan? How was your week? Mate, I'm fighting for my life at work. So, basically, I'm leaving my current job, and I'm going to be starting somewhere else in about a month. Uh, you know when it's you know when it's your last month at work Mm. time drags man time drags beyond belief i'm just so like i just want to get out of there at this point um Mm -hmm. but you know that that's just something that happens you can't you know you can't escape it um Mm. but yeah this week's been dragging but you know what i went out this week uh i'm gonna commend myself i've been trying to get out there a bit more you know it gets very easy to just sit at home and do nothing all the time Mm. Uh, so i'm trying to go out a bit more and uh yeah, I got a couple fits off. You know what I mean? So, you know. Yeah, you got some banging uh, jackets. What's going on? Yeah, man. Yeah? Listen, I've been going shopping, doing retail therapy. It's making me feel good. So, uh, mm. you know, I got I got a couple fits going. So, um, what what is great. it? What is it about like just window shopping as well? Just in general, just looking at clothes. Why is it therapeutic, bruv? Like I can do that for for a long time and just be like, yeah, I achieved something. Even Shall though I tell you nothing. Shall I tell you mm. something? Going going shopping with the boys is very different than going shopping with your with your girlfriend. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I feel that. I, like I can go with my boys and we'll just be out all day and we're just looking at you know window shopping and as you said and whether we buy or not is you know irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I would have a good time. I swear to God, whenever you go with your significant other, your sister, your mother, whoever, long. It's the longest fit. Like you're just like I don't want to do this, but when it's your boys, you do. I don't know why, but there's you know something what? very weirdly therapeutic about it. Funny enough, I went shopping today as well for clothes, mm. and the I'm I, and I know exactly what you're on about because I had like two items in my hand to try yeah. out in the changing room. In front of me were these girls, and they were trying out like the whole store, and like trying it out million times, holding up the line for like ten hours. And I'm like, bruv, this is why. This is why you just need to go with the mandem and just, do you know what I mean? Just cotch with the mandem. They're the ones that will bring you through. You enjoy it that way. This, don't pretend yeah that you enjoy going out with uh, your wife. 
uh, clothes shopping. Let's stop. Ain't, ain't, let's stop this no rumors. way. Ain't no way. No guy. No guy enjoys that. Please. Let's let's just let's stop the lies. Right. Let's stop the count right now. That's a lie. Straight through the teeth, bro. Lying. Exactly. Exactly. Horrible lies. But mm. anyway, Stephen, time to bring the mood all the way down. Let's do it. This is what we specialize <laughs> in. Come on. Did you did you hear about the uh, Joe? Uh, well, I was about to say Joe Rogan. The Kane Velasquez situation. No, so I've seen the title, but maybe you can expand on it. What's going on? So, Cain Velasquez is a former UFC heavyweight champion. Uh, I think I believe he's about 39 years old. Uh, and he's been taken in for, you know, attempted murder charges. Uh, and, mm. you know, when you look at the story as a whole, you'll understand why we've decided to kind of cover it today. Basically, what's ended up happening is he found out that somebody I, I, this is the part that i'm not too sure about i don't know if this person is also a family member but he found out that somebody was molesting a child in his family they mm. don't know i mean some people are saying it's his daughter but we don't know um and i haven't read anywhere where it's like a reliable source that says it's his daughter mm. but uh, joe rogan was saying that it's his daughter and you know it's happened over a hundred times and he finds out and he chases the man down and he shoots mm. at the guy's car uh, and he injures the f- guy's dad rather than the guy himself. Right, because right. The guy's dad gets shot. He survives. You know, he's not in any you know, life-threatening condition. Mm. But obviously what ends up happening then is Cain Velasquez gets taken in. They put him in for attempted murder and a whole bunch of other you know, things. Mm. And yeah, so right now he's in prison and he's been denied bail, which is another mm. weird one. But the man who has been charged with child molestation, he has been given bail. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And obviously, uh, you know, everyone in the UFC world in particular, because obviously he's a UFC legend. So a lot of them have come out and said, you know, free Cain Velasquez, because if that was any one of our children, how would we behave? You know, think mm. about it in that way. Um, and so everyone's saying, oh, if anything, he's a hero. You know, he's trying to defend his child. Obviously, we don't know if it's the Dua. Like, I don't know this. Um, mm. But obviously everyone's saying it's his daughter So they're saying like if it was your daughter how What would you do Of um, course. Yeah. So that's kind of a general Thing I can see if I can find like an article For it um, But yeah just your initial reaction Because I believe you didn't know about this right No I didn't and it's, it's interesting because I already have Like a conundrum in my head But one thing is that Bro this is the right thing to do is to chase after this guy And give him a link I, I don't care Like accept your three meals a day for the rest of your life Like you gotta I, I don't know, man. Child molesters are like the bottom of the pile, in my opinion. Like, that is the worst thing. One of the worst things you could do ever. Like, and so I have no remorse for the um, uh, offender, you know, being chased and having his life threatened, if I'm just being frank. But at the same time, like, obviously his dad, if he is an innocent person, you know, that's, that's quite life-changing. Like, being shot is a very life-changing thing. I know he's he's fine, but like, um, do you know what I mean? There's surviving, and then there's but before that, your life still can change. Do you know what I mean? So, I'm, you know, I'm a bit I, torn. I'm a I bit found torn an out. article just so that you know we don't discuss things incorrectly. Let me just read through it. So it's by ESPN. So it says Velasquez, 39, was arrested February 28th after allegedly chasing down the man Harry Harry Eugene Golate, uh, who is being charged with molesting a young relative of Velasquez and shooting a gun into Galate's vehicle per the Santa Clarita County District Attorney. 
Another man in the vehicle, Galate's stepfather, Paul Bender, was hit by one of the gunshots in his arm and torso. Bender suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Is there anybody out there who would say to a father that this is not what you should do? Velasquez's attorney, Mark Garagos, mm. said outside the courthouse Monday per Cron 4. Uh, is there anybody out there who finds it beyond the pale that a father was not consulted when they released the perpetrator back into the public with $0 bail, yet they're holding cane and no bail? This is why people are disgusted, and rightfully so, with the criminal justice system. So, I mean, if this is his lawyer saying this, then yeah, we can assume it, the you know the victim was his his daughter because he's saying you know yeah yeah what would you have a father do? Uh, last Wednesday, Velasquez was formally charged with attempted murder and ten other gun related charges by Santa Clara County District Attorney Jeff Rosen. Velasquez is facing twenty or more years of jail time if convicted. Um, attempted murder that is tough. Yeah, bro. I mean, he denied. I'd, I'd bail say that's in, yeah, sorry, Gary. I don't know. Me, myself, I'd say, like, maximum you should get is self-defense. Because he's def- literally defending his child against a child molester. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, be- I believe, so Velasquez fo- followed Glarte's truck in his own vehicle on an 11-mile high-speed chase through the city of San uh, Jose, rammed the truck and fired a 40 caliber handgun multiple times into the truck, which carried Glarte, Bender, and Glarte's mother, Patricia, according to the DA's office. Galate, mm-hmm. who was not injured in the shooting, is being accused in the Santa Clarita uh, County of lewd or lascivious act upon a child under the age of 14. Galate, 43, was re- released from custody February 25th without bail against the DA's orders per the DA. He was ordered mm-hmm. to stay in home detention, remain 100 yards away from children, from any children under 14, and wear an electronic monitoring bla- bracelet. What do you think about all of that? Bruv, you know what? The laws are kind of broken. Because like, I, I see how they charged him because it's like letter of the law. Do you know what I mean? Like they're following it. But like in the story, that the I don't know, for me, the context needs to be considered like highly. And I know that's not really how law works, but it's a shame because I see how they charged him with attempted murder. It fits. It does fit the description completely because that's exactly what happened. But man, there's, there's you know, you got to read between that. Like there's more to it than just that. And I'm really surprised of what the child offender got because he, he basically got off like like pretty much free Aaron like he, he just he's on tag or whatever that's about it are you serious like is he, has he got an asbo what is this so I don't know man it kind of makes me sick that people can get away with this kind of stuff um, and I don't know whether it was because he's high profile that caused him to uh, maybe get this charge instead of if he was like a normal everyday dad maybe it wouldn't have the uh, you know the cameras on him and perhaps the attorney or the judge can make a different decision. Um, But I guess because the cameras are all on him, perhaps that made a a difference in deciding, you know, what would happen. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you think that that could be the case, like if the media attention uh, basically changed what could have happened. I mean, I agree with a lot of what you've said, and I've just been reading through the rest of the article, which is just Mm. even more disturbing. So the child who is under 10 years old told a Santa Clarita County Sheriff's deputy on February 24th that Galate took him into the bathroom of a daycare center and touched the child's genitals. Per a court document obtained by ESPN, the child said Galate said not to tell anyone what happened and that this had occurred 100 times. In the court document, the child said he witnessed other kids go into the bathroom with Galate too. Galate has denied any wrongdoing, saying he once helped the child with his pants when he saw the child didn't have them on correctly. Galate <laughs> lives in the same building as the daycare center, which is owned by his mother, according to the court document. 
Galate's mother told police she did not believe the allegations against her son. Galate's next court date is a plea hearing April 13th. Mm. I mean, you know, look, my I don't understand any argument made against Cain Velasquez in this situation. Like, I don't mm. understand any of them. I don't care what anyone says or how, you know, fine, he sure he stepped out. Who gives a fuck? I'm sorry, who gives a fuck? You're in the car with the man who's molested my child over a hundred times. You think I give a fuck who you are? Mm-hmm. You know, if I was um, if I was his attorney, I would claim, uh, you know... Passion. Isn't it yeah, like crime of passion? Insanity, yeah, something like, you know, temporary insanity, I think they call it. Yeah, so like yeah. In that moment of, you know, figure, finding out what happened, I lost control and I chased him down and I tried to kill him. Mm. I mean, the, the fact that this man who has been... Who's potentially done this 100 times not only to this child but to other children it gets released on bail as well it's pissing me off even more that man got bail do you know how mad that is like how are you the molested child's father like not getting bail uh, that, that kills me and the molested guy the molester is getting bail i mean I'd, yeah, okay you could say like backwards you could say maybe, okay maybe a play a devil's advocate oh perhaps it's not proven yet so therefore you can't assume that he actually molested the child or but i don't know man you got to look at the extremity of what he's been accused of and the level of evidence that's already put against him do you know what i mean where it comes with like eyewitness uh, with the child's children writing multiple reports like you can't just give this man bail do you know what i mean like that's crazy bruv man people are going in jail for way less in america like they, they, yeah, and the fact no that bail. this happened in america as well it's just like you know, you're throwing people up into jail for, for life for filling out a wrong form on their tax return or, you know, uh, selling an ounce of weed. But this guy over here who's potentially molested one child a hundred times and maybe other children, God knows how many times, you're letting him just go out on bail? That doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, th- mm. most of the arguments that I've seen, especially in, like, uh, forums and, like, in comments on TikTok and Twitter and so on, uh, which which is, you know, kind of defending these actions is people are saying, well, you know, Cain Velasquez, he's not the law. He shouldn't try to take law into his own hands. We have a judicial system. But, you know, that I feel like that's something that somebody who has no stake in the situation would say. It's very easy to tell someone, oh, you know, you shouldn't take matters into your own hands when it's not your child that's been hurt. But even then, like, let, let's say even the law thing, but does it go to attempted murder? Like, do you know what I mean? The, surely there's stages before that where it's like crime of passion and a temporary insanity. Yeah, which I mean, I, I believe this. he had. Um, they, they, they had initially discussed it potentially being manslaughter, like attempted manslaughter, um, mm. which obviously is a lesser crime than murder, um, because I believe it, it, it. The difference is that it's not premeditated. But yeah, with yeah. this one, because he chased him for like eleven miles, I don't mm. know if that's why they're saying is is premeditated. But um, on top why, of that. Yeah. I think another argument that they're making is that he, you know, while he's ramming this guy with his car and he's driving 11 miles, uh, you know, he could have hurt a random person on the street as well. So he's endangering the public. Uh, And obviously, you know, when they say 10 gun charges, I'm assuming that maybe the gun wasn't registered to him or maybe there's something going on with the gun in that sense as well. Um, Mm. But again, you know, it just I just feel like, again, we always talk about precedence on this sort of, uh, on this podcast. That's like our big topic. You know, what what is this really, what kind of message does this really send? I think if you, if you let Cain Velasquez go, mm. 
uh, it sends the message that if you are a child predator, one way or another, you're gonna get you're gonna get what's coming to you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But if you if you you know if you give Cain Velasquez twenty years and you let this dickhead walk, then really what you're saying is you know as long as you you don't immediately get killed by the family member, the police will protect you. Mm. That's the way I view it. And actually, you know what, Steve, you tell me what you're thinking, and because there's a very particular case I wanted to bring up, but I don't want to get the names wrong. So, um, okay, you just tell me what you're thinking. Let me just see if I can find this case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking like on both sides. Like again, there's two sides to the story. First is the guy who was chasing him. You know, you know whether he, that should be seen as attempted murder. For me, that's far. But then there's the other side of the story of that this molester, child molester, with the evidence that they've secured can get bail do you know what that like that's crazy man bail that he can afford to just leave as well like he can pay it and go there are people in america they've been on bail for like 70 years they they actually should leave prison obviously not 70 years but they actually should be able to leave prison on like small marijuana charges but because of the inefficiency of the system they're stuck there for most of the of their actual prison sentence if they get convicted which is insane like like, imagine you could have got bail for, like, 15 years, and then you get sentenced 20, but then you only do five because you already did the bail for 15, what, what, what you could have uh, left for 15 for. So that's insane. Like, like, the fact that a child molester can get away with that and live like that, and, and there's, like, many, many smaller charges and many, many smaller crimes that people can't even get out of the system for, that blows my mind up. Like, how is that even possible? Yeah, so I mean, the, the case that I wanted to bring up was the case of uh, Leon Gary Plausch, or Plausch, I'm not sure how you pronounce the surname, but uh, in essence, what happened was uh, this guy, Gary, he had a son called Jody, who was being, you know, taught, I believe, some form of karate or something uh, by a guy named, uh, uh, what's his name here? Something Doucette. His name was, yeah, mm-hmm. Doucette, whatever. Right, right. So, so he's a pedophile, basically. Uh, and this pedophile kidnaps his son, molests him, whatever, but then gets gets caught. Uh, and what happens is, as this guy is uh, being taken into, you know, into police custody and he's walking through the airport, uh, the father is there at a phone kind of booth, uh, pretending to talk on the phone. And as the guy is walking by, he pulls out a gun and shoots him in the head. I remember Very this infamous video you know that has been in loads of documentaries and it's a very famous video and you can hear one of the police officers say gary why why gary you know because even the police officer kind of he appreciates the situation like he knows that you know this is a father who is furious about what's happened to his son and the police officer is kind of asking him why did you do it because you've thrown your own life away but you know good news there's a happy ending to this story in my opinion um, so he initially got charged with second degree murder, but agreed to a plea bargain in which mm. he pleaded no contest to manslaughter. He was sentenced to seven years suspended sentence with five years probation and 300 hours of community service. So in essence, he never went into prison. He just done his community service and he was just, you know, uh, on probation. Safe. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. And um, I think that's yeah. what they should do, man. They should, this is what they, I'm saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I can't lie. The, I have no sympathy for pedophiles, so it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, but like with this case, it was quite smart because obviously, if he commits any crime or if he does anything with the probation, he'd be in for seven years. So he has no room to breathe in real life. But at the same time, like you gave him like reasonable leeway because obviously the situation was mad. Do you know what I mean? 
So exactly. Any, my 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 yeah. point is, you know, you give somebody like him seven years, this man isn't a criminal. Do you know what I mean? Something horrible happened to his family and he dealt with it the best way he knew how. In the same way that Cain Velasquez isn't a criminal. So, you know, you could have given Cain Velasquez probationary, you know. And the thing is, this man killed the, the pedophile. Cain didn't kill the pedophile. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He didn't even get shot. So is the, are you really going to give him attempted murder for shooting and accidentally shooting the guy's stepdad? Because how is that attempted murder? He didn't, it's not premeditated. He didn't want to shoot the dad. He was trying to shoot the son. But this is what I mean. As I think part of it might be because it's high profile and they don't want to, you know, like putting in a sentence now on this high profile case, like sets precedent, like we said, and perhaps the lawgivers and lawmakers don't want to, people to see it as normal thing to do and so they're being harsh so that people aren't encouraged to do it if that makes sense um i don't agree with it to be honest but i can see like if that is the case like why they done it um but i don't agree with it man it sits it does not sit well for me like for me it does not settle at all like imagine your child oh that's crazy bro that's crazy so I don't know, man. It's a bit, it's a bit of a sticky one, this one. And I hope he, hope he breaks through with this case and gets um, some leniency as the pedophile got half of what the pedophile got in terms of leniency. I hope he gets that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's, it's insane. I hope, really hope common sense prevails and they they let Cain Velasquez go. That that it's just a horrible situation all around. Um, mm. And I think right now the child in question probably needs uh, his father more than more than ever. So to, to you know. Yeah. Again, you got to think about how will this affect the child as well. Um, and, and I think it's, it's very inconsiderate of the judge to not even allow bail. Again, this isn't a, this mm. isn't a serial killer. This isn't a man who's, you know, uh, just a vicious, violent monster. That, you know, okay, fine. He was a UFC fighter, but he's not a, you know, he's not a bad person. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's just yeah, the father yeah. who reacted to a horrible thing that happened to his, his son. I really think he needs to be freed immediately. Um, mm. The fact that he's in, even in prison in the first place is, is just insane to me. But uh, yeah, moving on from moving on from this topic. Um, recently, Donald Trump was on a podcast. Actually, believe okay. It so he gave he gave an interview uh, with the Nelk Nelk Boys, I believe. It's called the Full Send Podcast. And oh, it wasn't our podcast. Just it just, wasn't our podcast. Yeah, we, we we haven't got Donald Trump on just yet. But it, it's um, not on our Patreon, is it? No, it's not on our Patreon. It's not. Oh, on our okay, Patreon. Okay. We've got some good content out there, but it's not on there. Um, so it's Kyle Forgard and Bob Menery, I guess they're called. Right. Um, okay. They've got this podcast called Full Send, and I, I guess they're friends with uh, Dana White, and Dana White obviously is buddies with uh, Donald Everyone. Trump. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they went to the Mar-a-Lago, you know, resort, which uh, Donald Trump, I guess, is, you know, he kind of lives there. Um, he goes there very often, and they interviewed, interviewed him with regards to uh, a lot of things. Uh, but he was talking about, you know, Joe Rogan. He talked about World War Three potentially happening, about mm. Putin and this and that. So do you know anything about, like, what, what sort of stuff was discussed? Is this the one where he says uh, if he was president, he'd fly, like, warplanes over Ukraine and put the Chinese flag on it and bomb the hell out of the Russians? Is this, <laughs> no, no. Is this that, that interview? I mean, yeah, yeah. He kind of said so, something around those lines as well. But uh... you know what? Donald Trump, yeah, if you say stuff about him, he's entertaining, man. This is very entertaining. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't usually listen to like celebrity interview podcasts, but this one I listened to and it was very entertaining. Um, 
you know, just off the bat, here's what I took away from it. Go on, go first on. things first, Donald Trump is more eloquent than I thought he was. Mm. Because you know, often I don't, you know, I don't sit there and listen to Donald Trump rallies, right? But yeah. you see the highlights of it, and he just sounds like a lunatic usually. But mm. when I was listening to this, now I don't know if the stuff that the things that he was saying were actually accurate, because you know we know that he has a way of twisting the truth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But you know, at least he was point. He was putting his point across, you know, mm. in a, in a relatively coherent fashion. Mm. Uh, but. You know, I went and looked again at kind of comments on the podcast mm. episode, and a lot of them were really twisting it up. They were saying, Oh, it, you know, he came on and incoherently babbled about stuff, he was really deranged. I, I didn't really get that vibe from him. I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, uh, yeah, you, you know what it is, yeah. Like yeah. I feel like in society, once you get an image, like you it's really tough to get rid of it. So, like he's built this like expectation from people that he's like this babbling crazy monster and so what even if he does like perfectly well from now he's forever going to be seen in that light like in that context yeah i mean i'm not even saying that like oh god he came out and he was just a great orator i'm not saying that but i'm just saying that he you know it was a relatively easy to listen to conversation and he got his points across he obviously he talks in superlatives like oh this is the greatest this is the best this is the whatever but yeah entertainment yeah do you know what i mean he's He's trying to like grease the wheels a little bit in the way he speaks, but he is, you know, it was a relatively coherent uh, podcast. So fair enough. Um, so what are the major points you got out of it? So what was the so big he, talking He point? said a number of things, but uh, what really intrigued me was how he was saying if he was in charge of, you know, the United States now, there's no way Putin would have done what he'd done. And, you know, he kept saying the fact that, Biden came out and said, basically, well, we can't really anger them because they've got nuclear weapons. He was like, well, so do we. You know what I mean? And we've mm. got better nuclear arsenal than they do. So uh, he, he obviously said that he found that it was very weak, the mm. way the Americans kind of were talking about Putin. And uh, he also mentioned that, you know, the, the way that they pulled out of Afghanistan was ridiculous too because they went mm. maybe two, three years without a single uh, American soldier being killed while he was in charge, which, again, I don't know if these figures are true or not, but... Mm. You know, he said that when they were pulling out, they left hundreds of thousands of weapons. They're more than what the Taliban even needed or could use. Uh, and in, now what's happened is the, these jet jet fighters and these weapons that they've left behind are being sold to the Chinese and the Russians who are reverse engineering it and making those, you know, aircrafts themselves. Mm. Uh, and so, again, he was kind of criticizing how they pulled out of Afghanistan and said that that kind of showed the weakness of America to... Uh, you know, or the Biden administration to Putin and that kind of what egged him on to do this. Uh, he made very valid points about, um, you know, uh, he actually brought Kim Jong-un to the table and they had, you know, had a number of multiple like meetings. I think he said yeah, yeah. was the first one that they had. He, he, yeah. So, the, I mean, in terms of Russia and what's going on in the world, that was the main kind of thing. But he then went on to say how, he rebuilt the oil reserve of the United States while he was in, in power. Right, um, right. So when the oil dipped in how much, it, you know, it cost, he brought, you know, a huge amount of that oil and left it in the reserve, which hadn't been replenished for the last 60 years. Uh, he said that he spent two point something trillion on the mm. United States Army, which I kind of remember that going through. Contact. Yeah, I yeah, that. I think and so. And he yeah. said that the reason why he did that was because a lot of the war crafts and the aircrafts and stuff like that 
um, were basically from like Vietnam slash World War II times. So he basically just renewed the entire, you know, equipment mm. in the United States Army, gave them a whole new army. And, you know, the way he spoke, obviously he's he's pointing out all the good stuff that he's done. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, he fin- he kind of talked a little bit about cancel culture and he said that, you know, everyone gets called racist nowadays because he was talking about Joe Rogan. And he said mm. that now the word racist doesn't ha- hold the same way it used to because, you know, basically he just said everyone's a snowflake. And then he mm. went on to tell the Nelg boys that, you know, just because you've had me on this podcast now, they're going to try to censor you too. And he kind of talked about fake news media and this and that. Right, right, right. Then it kind of devolved into more, you know, regular Donald Trump territory. But, you know, of the things that I've said there, there's a lot to dissect. There's a lot to go into. I think the guy, yeah, like he brings, he starts off well, but then he like, you, you know when someone brings up a good point to like justify their bad answer to the point? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he, he's I got Alex he's Jones energy. Big Alex Jones energy. Like yeah, he's you know, Alex like Jones, Alex Jones has said a number of like what we now know to be truths, but back then was conspiracy theories. But then he says so much, so much batshit crazy stuff in between you that can't you can't really it. distinguish what is, you know, what is an actual good you know talking point and what isn't and that's kind mm. of what the energy that donald trump sometimes seems to have mm. where he mm. says a bunch of stuff where you're like you know what that kind of makes sense but then he goes on to like kind of suck his own dick for 10 minutes and you're just like oh, god enough Do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but yeah i think my initial reaction to that uh podcast was i was kind of surprised that you know he didn't really come off that much like a bumbling idiot um, and like I said, I never really sat down and watched any lengthy interviews or speeches from Donald Trump. So, you know, the way I perceive him, I've realized is very much adopted by the type of media that I consume. But like I've I've seen his rallies like entirely. And I mm. think maybe under pressure, because, you know, like this is a podcast and it's in his own backyard and you know, yeah. they can get whatever, maybe because there's no pressure, he's able to do it. But under pressure, he does kind of like slip, if that makes sense. You know, when he's in a big rally and he's given an hour speech, this is yeah, when no, he I says mean, the mad things. The thing is, you know, again, I don't want to sound like I'm saying he spoke really well. He didn't speak really well, but I mean, my bar for him was super so low that the fact that he didn't, you know, completely drool and lose the plot and, you know, do what like I was kind of expecting him to be almost like Joe Biden. Right, I get what you mean. Do you okay, see what I'm so, saying? Like, you know how Joe yeah, Biden yeah. is completely incoherent. I was kind of expecting that, but I know it no, isn't necessarily. Yeah, I know he's old, but like Joe Biden is actually old. old. <laughs> Joe you know Biden I mean? is old, bruv. Like, <laughs> like man is Asian. I can't even front. Yeah, he's not aging well. I tell you that much. Yeah, I think I think like relatively, Donald Trump is young. If that makes sense, like he's still got all his his faculties. Faculties, and- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, what do you what do you think about what he said with regards to like Putin and stuff? Do you agree with him? Do you know what with, with the Afghan thing? I think he's he's taking a good point, but he's not putting it in perspective because maybe the reason why they pulled out because it's true, like they it was just a huge cost, but in terms of like lives lost and stuff, they didn't have to do anything. But mm. at the same time, like why be there if there's nothing to gain anymore? And there's a and there's a war front appearing over the horizon because I'm sure they were aware that that there was going to be a push of like, you know, that they've been aware that in Asia and in Europe, there's going to be a, a more heightened, let's say, uh, war alert in the future, which came out to be true with uh, the Ukraine situation. And perhaps this is them like pulling out resources, knowing that Afghanistan will collapse or whatever, but 
not caring because there's nothing to gain if, if they stay there anyway. Like they mm-hmm. have to, they have to reallocate. So I think this is why they did that. And to be honest, I would have done the same move. Um, but, but I like what he does. He points it out and then like he only focuses on that part and he doesn't expand from the point or give reasoning why that could have been the case. Um, yeah. So he, yeah, I don't know. Like he, he appeals to the short term mindset. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he picks a point and he tackles the point directly. And if you're like short term minded, it's very easy to follow that logic. But mm. if you're the kind of analytical person where you're like, okay, wait a minute, this point, but then this is why this happened. And you start joining the dots. His answers stop making sense, if that makes sense. Do you agree with him though that, because I kind of agreed with him on this aspect of it. I felt that mm. when he was saying that the way that they pulled out was, mm. you know, in, they pulled out in such a way that, it, you know, we saw Afghanistan collapse two days later, right? Mm-mm. So it's like yeah, you you pull out after spending thirty years there. The fact For that nothing. the country, yeah, the, the fact that it like immediately went into the Taliban's hand just goes to show that you didn't have a contingency plan in place. But and what, the fact what does... that you left so many, you know, so much weaponry. But Aaron, Aaron, they didn't have the weaponry when they took over. Do you understand? Like they only had the weaponry once it was successful. What does that tell you about the society in Afghanistan? It tells you that they have huge support, man. You can't do this, yeah, when there's a government in place if people don't support you. Do you know what I mean? I think, I, I think the issue was, the, situa- the situation in Afghanistan was completely artificial. They put in artificial leaders, they put in artificial governments, which no one believed in, and it was completely corrupt. And it just was, without America's help, it was going to collapse because it wasn't real. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think this this is my opinion, like from what I see, I think this was just inevitable. If they chose to pull out, this was definitely going to happen. Like, like, like it's one of those ones where you have to like decide whether it's worth losing the country for what you're gaining by pulling out. This is what I think has happened. But I do agree with him. It looks very bad. 100% they could have done it in a better way because it was literally this, two yeah, days later. Because yeah. I think we discussed this Afghanistan for what we did. Um, yeah. And we kind of said all of this before as well, where, um, you know, obviously we said that they obviously clearly have a, a support in the country and that's why they were able to take over. But it's just the way in which they've done it. It wasn't done. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It wasn't done, I don't think, correctly. So I give him a, I give him a half mark on that topic. Um, with relation to what I really wanted to ask you about was, do you think that if Donald Trump was president, that Putin would have done what he'd done? You know what? With that one, I think I think Donald Trump would have had more leeway with Putin. I think he would have been able to negotiate something or had more talks than the US did. Because I don't know about you, but it seems like the US didn't really have any conversation with the Russians when it was the build-up to the Ukraine situation. It was kind of like threats yeah. from one side, threat from the other side, and then Russia made a decision where I think actually Donald Trump would have actually met with Putin and I think the dialogue would have went a lot better. Let me put that. Do you way. know what With, it is? Yeah. Do you know what it is? With Donald Trump, he's kind of, you know, he's an outsider because he said this himself as well. He said that he's an outsider. He did. He wasn't a politician that became president. He was yeah, a businessman yeah. that became president. And so because he's an outsider, because he just doesn't get along with anyone, I feel like if he had a conversation with Putin or if he had held, you know, some sort of negotiations with Putin, he would have come at it from an angle of, look, I'm I'm not a fan of NATO either. 
Like I'm mm. an outsider. You and I, we're both kind of, we don't have any kind of allegiance to NATO. Let's kind of discuss what's going on here. And also I feel like with, with Trump, he's a wild card. We've said this before as well. Mad wild card. Mad wild card. You know, he, his whole argument really on the podcast was if they're a nuclear superpower, so are we. And our nuclear mm. arsenal is better. I feel like if you get into a you know, big measuring contest with him, yeah, he's gonna win. Long. It. It's long, it's long because he, he's he's willing to, you know, he will take it as far as it needs to go. He don't give a flying fuck. You see that schlong, yeah, bro. That, that this is, is what wood. I'm saying. That is wood. That's what this I'm saying. Is what, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I feel like with Donald Trump, he is kind of it's one of those ones where you don't really want to play chicken with a person like that. Mm. Because there's like a psychotic energy there where if you do kind of go down that route, you don't know what to expect. And that uncertainty might have made Putin a bit more reluctant to do what he did mm. so I kind of agree with him on that point as well mm-hmm. I do I genuinely feel like I feel like Putin might have still done it in the end yeah. but he would have been a bit more reluctant Putin's come out fully saying I don't give a fuck what anyone does I don't know if he would have done that with, with Trump around mm, I got you I got you do you see what I'm saying I'm not like again I'm not necessarily saying you know, a MAGA 2024. But what I am saying is, <laughs> what I am saying is like, I do genuinely feel like actually, you know, something might have. Might I, have I, I think, I think he would have done better in this specific scenario. Like we just got to call an ace of spade and ace of spade. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think, it's just, yeah. it is what it is. I feel like he might have not necessarily dealt with it better, but he would have put more pressure on Putin. A hundred percent more pressure on Putin and only put, not only put more pressure on Putin. I think he'd have more like, conversation with him at the same time so the best of both world like mm. i feel like on 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 this side like with um what's his name biden and his team like i don't think they did much if that makes sense it was just posturing but i think but i think uh yeah trump would have put his schlong on the table and said you see me yeah <laughs> like you don't, don't mess around me yeah, don't fuck with me time, player do you know what i mean but at the same time there'd be more dialogue and there'll be more negotiations but with like uh, a hard um, like a hard exit, if that makes sense. Uh, mm. But yeah, I, I don't know. But then it's interesting. Like, would he, w- if they did invade, would he have done the, like a nuclear strike or something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even think he has that power, to be honest. But I mean, he is a worrying thought to think that somebody would even give Donald Trump, uh, you know, the the codes, nuclear codes. But uh, you know, it, it was just an interesting podcast all round, and like I said, he brought up many, many topics. You know, he discussed ask, many, many ask. different things. Yeah. Do you get the feeling that he wants to go for another campaign? I was about to bring this up. So mm. they asked him, "Will you be running again?" And he said, "Well, I can't actually say it. My people, you know, are still working on things, but I think people will be very happy." Um. So okay, that makes me think that he is going to run again. I so feel like right now. I feel, will he win? Uh, I feel like I'm waiting for the Batman sequel now. Like, do you know what I mean? You know when they tease the trailer to came out. Yeah. Do you think he'll win? Give me a prediction. 100%. I think he'll win. I think this administration think has been well, horrible. Man. I think he'll win as well. You know, it's very interesting because um, Gerald Ford, a previous uh, president of the United States, he mm. was once asked, because I watched this interview the other day, he was once asked, "Will you? do you ever see there being a, a uh, female president of the United States? Mm-hmm. And, he, and his answer was kind of, it was kind of scary how accurate what he said was. He said that he does believe there will eventually be a female president. He does, you know, want that to happen. 
Uh, and he said, what I think will happen is we'll have a president who will go in as president, but either due to ill health or something, he will not be able to complete his term. And his vice right. president, who's a woman, will become president. He made mm. this premonition like 20, 30 years ago, maybe more even longer than that. So he, this is what he said back then. And what we're mm. seeing now is in Biden, we have a president that might not last his full, full term. Boys on shaky legs, bruv. <laughs> shaky legs. This and man had Kamala Harris ends up becoming president. D- didn't Biden like have a called like uh, Ukraine, Iran, uh, like last yeah, week? Yeah, we or discussed something. this last week. We were talking Crazy. about how he said that the Russian bombing of Ukraine would not shake the resolve of the Ukra- Iranian people. That that is dementia. Yeah. That is like class A. Yeah, he, dementia. he definitely has dementia as well, and. You know, again, we, we mentioned how they made a number of pro- promises, including, you know, getting rid of student loan and, uh, you know, they were going to get rid of these detainment camps on the Mexico border, which they didn't do. Uh, and a lot of people have kind of clocked on that. They just all talk and no action. Uh, and mm. what you get with Donald Trump, at least with his with his base, is when he tells his base, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, horrible thing. He will at least try to do it so that, it, you know, he, he appeases There's his accountability, right? yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it's an odd one. But I, I feel like I don't know if Biden will even be able to run for the next presidency. It might no, actually I'd... just be Kamala Harris running. And if Kamala Harris Kamala. runs, she's getting wiped. She's getting, bro, she's getting wiped like, uh, you know, silly bang, bruv. Like yeah, yeah. 99.99% of Democrats will, <laughs> do you know what I mean, get wiped <laughs> off. Like what? Donald Trump is winning that with ease, I think. So um, 100%, it yeah. is very possible we will see a second term from Donald Trump. I do, don't know do if this think... has ever happened where someone's been president, lost it, and then come back and won it again. That might happen. Think, there. Do you think uh, Hillary Clinton can come back and like try again? Or do you think she's done? No, I think like especially with the conspiracy theories and stuff and also like the links with the Epstein family and Epstein, uh, not family, but Epstein you know, group and stuff like that with her husband. Um, it, it's all... The, mm. the 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 I feel the general population and the way people view her and her family now is very is bad. So yeah. bad that I don't think I think Donald Trump would have to go on TV and like strangle a puppy in front of everyone before he hits her level of like disgust mm. from both. I feel like you know people who are Democrats and Republicans they just don't like Hillary Clinton anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think she was ill as well, actually. Didn't she have, like, a lot of seizures during her She had seizures, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. again, on the Democrat side, they're supposed to be the, the party that is kind of representative of young people, but all the people they're putting forward are, like, dying, <laughs> you know what I mean? Decaying old people. Yeah. Like, it, come on, you got to put someone young and fresh what, up. Do you know what I mean? What happens to politics, man? Because you're right. Nowadays, it's, like, it's just getting older and older. But, like, to the point where it's, like, why, why isn't there just a middle-aged man who's like seen enough life but also has enough life in him to want to make a difference in the future Do you know what it's I mean? very odd to me because you know i look at for example zielinski in ukraine he's very much loved right now the way he's yeah. dealt with everything he's he's relatively young and you know you have the uh, finland's prime minister as well uh mm. who also is is very young she's like 30 something yeah um, she's so quite young you have some countries where they have younger presidents who or prime ministers who seem to be doing quite well in their posts. Mm. I, I, like you said, I don't really understand why, but it seems that like, especially here in the UK and in, in America, even when there is a young candidate, they never seem to get that opportunity to 
actually run for president because people just want to vote for the old guy who they feel, I guess, maybe has more experience. But yeah, I think that's it. It's experience. They, they, they see it. But I think also they don't put enough candidates forward that fit the other demographics. So you're stuck. Like you just need to vote for old people. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what? It's, it's actually hilarious because Donald Trump, and he's right because he mentioned this point as well. He mm. said that his, his following, um, so the people who voted Republican, he said, especially amongst the Hispanic community, he's got a lot of support. Huge. Yeah. And what you have to remember is that especially like in just before the civil rights era, a lot of, especially black people as well, they, they used to vote for Republican. Yeah, they were. Because they the were other side was the racist side, which is hilarious. Exactly. So, you know, what, what kind of is happening now, what you're seeing is identity politics are no longer working. That's not enough anymore. Because mm. we voted continually for the Democrats, let's say. Um, mm. So let's say I voted for Democrats every single time for the last 40 years. Nothing's happened. Mm. And now there's this lunatic on the other side. You call him the Democratic guy, uh, you know, senile old bat. And I'm just looking at it and I'm going, you know, I just don't want to vote for you no more. Just roll the dice. Like, I'm just going to roll the dice. I'm going to vote for the madman. I'm going to vote for the chaos factor. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and, you know, fundamentally, you got to look at what, what a lot of Republican policies are about. Mm. And I feel like a lot of especially, you know, really hardworking believes that if you work hard enough, you'll get what you want kind of people like the Hispanics, for example. Mm. They, they, there is, the there's enough yeah, there. Yeah. There is enough there for them to be like, you know what, I might vote Republican. Yeah, and there is. There if is, that yeah. happens, Donald Trump will have done a madness because it's going to skew the next 30, 40 years where you're looking at, you have the Southern white, you know, typical Southern white redneck kind of guy voting for Republican. But then you've also got the ethnic minorities also voting for Republican, mm. which are supposed to be two completely different groups. But no, politically, mm. their interests might They're align. Similar, yeah, yeah. Do you I see think what they I'm saying? Are. So, they are. And, and I think the left in America is pushing like further away from central left, which is alienating a lot of these people that have cultures or are traditionally more, let's say, conservative. Like Exactly. That's the point I'm I mean? trying to make. Like, if you're a Muslim, for example, Mm. Well, you are a Muslim, so I'll, I'll just ask you this. <laughs> yeah, I, saw, but, I feel like uh, that was an attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You Muslim, yeah. So Muslim. let's say um, you have one party on one side saying, "Look, we want to really focus on identity politics, and we want to really bring you know LGBTQ matters to the forefront." And then on the other side, you got somebody saying, "Look, we're more we're more conservative. We're more about religious values." You know, we we don't really necessarily want to bring that sort of stuff into the line. If you're talking about someone who's deeply religious, mm. they're of more course. likely it's to gonna resonate to on vote. the other side. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna resonate with the party that's talking about, oh, we hold more conservative views. Mm. And and that shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. I know it's like some people find it hard to discuss this topic, but that's the reality of the situation. Most religious people, that's not going to be their priority in terms of the. But it's not. It's not just that. It's also like culturally, like in 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 the um, let's say the countries they live in, it's not necessarily just about the religious, but like their political. Um, what's the word? Like you know how the left in England is like not as left as the left uh, in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. It's the same kind of thing where like they have a cultural norm of what is left and right. And to them, it doesn't match the American scale. So what's left for them is actually right wing. And Amer- do you know what I mean? Like these, yeah, yeah. these kind of ideas. So, I, and, and I think the more it gets skewed into extremes, 
the 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 more the chance it is for the democrats to let me let me uh, give you a very valid this. example actually let's not yeah, look yeah. at let's not look at america i'm going to talk about from my own experiences yeah yeah, yeah. Go on. there's a lot of turkish people who will fly over to the uk because their life in turkey was horrible right mm. and they will vote for the labor party here because the labor party here kind of uh, you know, at, well, at least puts itself forward as the party of the minority, right? Mm, mm. So their interests for a time align with the Labour Party. But if this person was somebody who was born and raised in Turkey and stayed in Turkey, often you would find that they would be quite nationalistic. Mm. They would be, you know, very strongly religious. Mm. And a lot of the stuff that they would believe in in terms of society and how it should be run and authority and who should have authority, et cetera, if you were to just look at it for what it is, would be very right-wing. Mm-hmm. So, yes, when they initially fly over to England, they will vote for Labour because, well, right now I'm a minority and this group is saying that we're going to help out minorities. But say 20, 30 years now pass down the line and they pass on their values to their children but their child mm. no longer feels like they need to vote necessarily for Labour because Labour is a, you know, minorities party. They could, most yeah, of the, yeah. yeah. Most of the values that have been passed on from their parent to them are actually quite right-wing values. Mm-mm. And so now that person starts voting for the Conservatives. Mm-mm. Obviously, so, yeah, yeah. It's like a transfer. Yeah, I get what you mean. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's yeah. more about where you are in your first generation that's traveled over so if you're a mexican and you've traveled over to the united states or if you're a turkish person you traveled over to england Mm. the first generation may vote for the so-called democratic party or the so-called labor party because they feel that this is the party for minorities but once that initial thing passes by their core values are quite conservative and right wing Mm, mm, mm. and so eventually that you'll see that switch over to the conservative party or to the republican party this is mm. something that we've seen happen. Mm-mm. And so Joe Biden going on TV and saying, if you don't vote for me, you're not black enough. It's not good enough. That's, that's, that's not going to get you the horrible. vote. That's not yeah. going to get you the vote. So it's Donald interesting, Trump, man. 2024, let's go, man. It's happening. Let's go. Or pre-order your mega hats at the VRP uh, website. <laughs> we've got all of the uh, all of the campaigns for the next 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, we, please, we've, got his, we've got his prediction in the bag. He's going to run and I think he's going to win. Mm-mm. I think so as well. I can't even front. I actually think he's going to win by landslide as well. <laughs> After this, <laughs> that's the thing. Gonna he's be... going to be ridiculous. He's going to win by a landslide. In my the way things stand right now, unless the Republicans are able to pull something out, there also, there's no way. It's going to be no embarrassing. Way. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, I guess on that note, we've come up to the hour mark. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. And um, we were a bit late on the last week's episode, but this week we'll hopefully be on time or even early for the Patreon listeners. So. Um, thank you for supporting us uh, consider uh, signing up to Patreon and we'll see you next week uh, Steve why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand you- that was bloody brilliant